What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Aloha. It's hard 44. That one wasn't one of my favorites. No. Did was your mouth just on my cock all night? I'm more curious about the key parties that Ficus has hosted. Hello and welcome. We are back from the ballerlifestyle.com. It's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. My name is Brian Beckner. This is episode number three hundred. 35 mm. of the show. Somebody messaged me on Instagram the other day and they're like, you, do you have a podcast? You have a podcast? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you've done 300 and something episodes. And it's kind of hurtful because they're, the implication is why the fuck haven't I heard of you? Because that's a lot of shows. And the answer is, I don't know. Uh, I am joined now by, Oh, if you're not already, um, Ed and I just dropped a new, red circle show for our subscriber page. Um, you can just go to my Twitter. There's a link there where you can subscribe. We talked about Tom Brenneman's potential canceling for using the F word <laughs> to appropriately describe Kansas city. We talked about the, um, well, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Go to go and subscribe there. If you haven't already red circle.com. Uh, I am joined now as always, he's got a book. Heroes and Jerks. It's available on Amazon right now. You, If you buy it, you can review it, but you need to review it in the right way. Of course, I'm talking about Ed Daly. Ed, what's up? Hey, uh, I think I mentioned it on our Red Circle. Uh, thank you to everybody who corrected their reviews yeah, they, and took out the dongs and stuff like that. Yes. I um, mean, no thank you for me for doing that, but Ed appreciates it. <laughs> um, and yeah, we, we had a delightful conversation about Thom Brockmeyer. Right. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I feel like he might survive because because of the Cincinnati of it all. Um, those voices you hear, we have special guests this week. We have on the show somebody that everyone loves. He's nobody here loves being in the Jason Stewart business more than I do. He, he co-hosts with me the Bachelor lifestyle, which I imagine will kick off at some point. Uh, he's, a, he's a fan favorite. He is loved by all. Of course, it's Jason Stewart that I'm talking about. Jason. Hello, everybody. He's got a signature hey, now, sign on. Uh, I do have one note. Um, and you know how I'm a, I'm a frequent contributor. Yes, you are also very I'm one a, note. By no it's interesting that you have one <laughs> note because your whole thing is one note. But yes, continue. Right. But I'm I'm not a you know I'm not a frequent uh, guest. I'm a contributor. I'm not a host, but I'm a contributor. Yes. So um, I, I get emails to me about your guys' show. Oh really? I love it when you read the emails that people when people send you emails about the Waller. It's my favorite part of the podcast. Yes, that's hold on before before we get started. That's uh, to to complete the introductions. That's another friend of the show, fan favorite, good buddy of ours. Mr. Travis Rogers. Travis, what's up? Hi, guys. Hey, hey Ed. Hey, Brian. Hey, uh, Jay. Hey, Jason. Yo. Jason, Trav actually texted me a few weeks ago. He's like, 
I love it when Jason Stewart reads emails that he gets for your show. So it's uh, it's it's my favorite part. It's so good. How about when he talks uh, about who follows him on Twitter? Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Too. We'll get to that. Strong as well. Yes. Okay, I'm Jason. Trying to, uh, I'm trying to think of the emails in the past that Travis may have laughed at. Were the the emails signed? Famous people, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Who's yeah. who's e- who's emailed you, Jason, in regards to me? This was no. This was an email to uh, Ed. Oh, and to Ed. Brian. Oh, it, it's and addressed. I'm, it's addressed to Ed and I, but, but sent, sent to Jason, Jason Stewart's email address. I think it's because uh, you guys have filters on your email, and you 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 won't allow anything from this group and you'll probably oh, you know, okay let's hear what uh-huh. it's it's like a collaboration a lot of people um there's a bunch of signatures on these emails so it's kind of like a class email from uh from an attorney representing uh native americans they they have a humongous problem with your the name red dot red zone Ooh. okay What's, they don't. They want you to change the term "red zone." Red zone. Mm, so, so within have, uh, inside the twenty yard line. Cricket? Yeah, I don't do have, have like the, some sort of cricket sound effect. I don't. I mean, I was real. I knew that whatever the punchline was would let me down tremendously. But um, these, are, these are politically very sensitive times, guys. Somebody was yes. just shot in the back seven times yes. in Wisconsin. OK, yes. You have to think twice before you start naming these things right. uh, half, you know, yeah. half assed to uh, to. OK, um, well, thank you for that, Jason. I appreciate you sharing that. That one wasn't one of my favorite. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Yes. And uh, I, I should add, maybe we could just change the subject. Um, thank you to Angelo, the host of Cheap Seats Boxing. He had me on. And unfortunately, I didn't realize I need to know more about boxing. When you go on a boxing podcast, you have to actually know stuff. I didn't know so much. Well, t- two things. Thank you to Angelo for having you on. But also, fuck this Angelo guy for not having me on because there is... No bigger fan of the fight game than me, the sweet science. I mean, I know some stuff, but like, yeah, I I felt like I could only list a few current boxers. Yeah, I don't. I don't, like, I, I don't know that many. I could name like five. There's Tyson Fury and the guy that he fights like every six weeks. Right. That's and, the yeah, two guys. That's right. Yes. Uh, yeah. And Triple G. Wild. Tri- Triple G, too. And, and Canelo. Trav's met Triple G. Right. Big dude. You've just, you just maxed out my knowledge right, right there. <laughs> that's it. I know. It's tough. Well, thank, thank you to Angelo for having you on. Angelo's a fantastic emailer to our show. Um, let's, Ed, you have anything to add? Let's, we're talking, guys, we're talking about Major League today, um, but I was going to knock out some voicemail and emails and then we'll get into the movie unless Ed, you have something else. No, no, no. I didn't think so. Okay, let's go. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. 
Bob's so fucking boring and worthless, but he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His thoughts are useless shit, shit, shit. <laughs> Trav, we haven't heard from Ish. Ish. Love Ish. Ish is a listener of the show, or he was. And the thing about Ish is he's a good guy and he's a sure. fan of me. And one time you were at work. And yes. Ish showed up and knocked on the door of the radio station to be hosted while you were doing your radio show. Do you recall that? Wow. I have a vague recollection. Yes. It was when I was working for the angels and he just kind of showed up one day. That's pretty and cool. So I went out the back door and left. <laughs> <laughs> Ish. Good guy. Fan of me. Ish. Mailbag at the ballerlifestyle.com. Reach out. We love you. We're fans of you. Uh, let's, let's knock out a quick voicemail here. Hold on. What's going on? Oh, 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 my God. I, just, I blew his it's intro. My bad. My bad. I'm trying to engineer here. Hold on. <laughs> right, right back. Easy Eduardo Diario. Wow. Cracking Diario. Hey, got a message for our pal, Confused Canard. Oh, it's a big if topic. Hold on. I got it. We got to set this up for our guests. And Jay Stu, you, you might be able to identify with this. Jay Stu, you are a you're a one woman man now. You have a very pretty girlfriend. She seems very nice. I have yet to meet her in person. But back in the day, you were well known to have just run roughshod over the dating app scene in Southern California. You were on Tinder. Imagine you were on Bumble, Hinge, Raya, all of them. You did big work as a single man. Now you're, of course, loved up and in a in an and in a committed relationship, which is beautiful. But this guy, Canard, he sent us an email last week about he hooked up with a girl and uh she was a very pretty girl, he said, and they had sexual intercourse and she spent the night. And he said the Intercourse was fantastic. It was beautiful. Everything about it was perfect. And then in the morning, she, like a, like a good human being, she got up and she brushed her teeth. And then she came back into the bedroom and she's like, hey, Canard from Kansas, how about we go for round two? And Canard's like, I'm into it. But also, since this is a morning sesh, I'm going to go brush my teeth as well. And when Canard went into that bathroom, Jason... He realized that more than teeth brushing. Yeah, she didn't just brush teeth. Had happened in there. Oh no! He just and I, I can't describe it as crassly as Canard did, but just let's say there were there were odors, there were streaks, remnants. She she skidded the pan. Easy guys, easy. Jay Stu, as as a guy that's spent a long time being single, that's often had that often was somebody that would intercourse randos on the regular. Is this an issue you ever ran into with your great number of slays? No. And wow. I think that one one credit uh one thing that you have to give um credit to females for is they do a great job it's amazing. Of, of hiding any it's of the remnant. I I mean, I have been dating my current girlfriend for going on two years. 
I've I, I've never even seen any proof that she's beautiful. Gone number two. It's a perfect that's, woman. It's just that's, an ama- It's an amazing no, quality. Jason, you got you, you got to wife that up. That is that is the most the highest compliment you can pay to somebody. I've been with Michelle since 1996. I have no evidence that she's ever taken a shit. Unbelievable. That's just unbelievable. That is so beautiful. I love hearing that from you guys. Well, so Kennard was in a, he was in a pickle because he was like, what do I do? No, he's not. He, this is an easy decision. He didn't, he didn't seem all that conflicted. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, he was, asking it, he was asking advice. Travis, you're, you have been married to your wife. You've been together with your beautiful wife, Susan, mm-hmm. who's very fit. You guys have been together since the 80s, the yes. 1980s. Yes. Um. But you, you have thoughts here. You're saying Canard should cut his losses here because she's that's just one. Yeah, no, that's yeah. look. There, there are not back too that. many things that are an automatic. Now nah, I'm good, but yeah. that's that's probably number one on the list. I'm wow, just, not wow. right now, not right, right now. Maybe well, what later. if, what if, like sometimes you're out on the golf course, say, and yeah. all of a sudden you don't, you just got no choice. Like it's it's happening. Mm-hmm. Like that's happened to everybody at least once or twice in their lives. What if this is what happened to sure. this poor girl? We, we don't well, give her a second fine. chance. Look, I, I no, I understand that it happens. I mean, I have a few, <laughs> a few golf towels that I've discarded at different points on different courses for different reasons. A little too descriptive, but, buddy. But go on. But I'm just saying that that doesn't mean that you immediately need to go into that afterwards. Okay. You need to you need to you know do a couple of other things before you go to that. Right. That's not the, that's A to B is not happening right. between those. Two I get things. it. I get it. What you're I saying. Mean, yes. Uh, is it is it not inappropriate? And I'm sure this already came up. I don't think it's inappropriate for him to be like, you know what? Let's just jump in the shower. I mean, you yeah. and I could, we could jump in the yeah. shower. You, you accomplish two things. Yeah. You can clean each other's places. Right. And, and do what you were going to do in bed in the shower, yeah. which is a, probably a, a new kinky place to get it done. There so. you go. Jay Stu. He's got thoughts. Okay. And, let's, you know, you, something added. Well, she, the, the, my big problem was, there are ways. I mean, courtesy flush, leaving the the, the skids. Yeah. She could have taken a shower to have the steam. That's what I would. That's it. what I suggested. Like, she she did none of the above. Yeah. Which means, yeah, we're gonna have to shut it down. Also, she was peacocking it. And also, also, <laughs> and exactly. I, I don't. I, I don't think that this is an, an unimportant detail. This took place in Kansas. <laughs> this is the Midwest. Like sh- it's flat. There's not much going on. The shit is different there. They have different rules than we do on the edges where the civilized mean, people live. Are, were you saying that like uh, like an expression, or were you saying the shit is different? Like no, literally, like no, they have hay. And no, shit God, Ed, you are just so Aww. disgusting, buddy. Come on, let's let's keep it fresher. Okay, let's. See. So Manuel has called in, and it sounds like he has some thoughts. He's got some advice for our good friend, Canard in Kansas. Collecting more ass than a strip mall that contains a dance studio, a nursing school. In a nail shop, by all means, man, dismiss the blonde. Mm, okay. Mm. But here's the thing, bro. If you're not yeah. like a player, if you're not a ladies' man or whatever, whatever, what have you, this girl just gave you, by your accounts, some epic-ass sex. We're talking good-ass pussy, right? Right. That's so what we're talking. If that's the case, bro, 
to me, you're kind of acting like a little bitch, dude. Mm-hmm. Do you not own a toilet brush? Oof. I mean, uh, do you not have Lysol toilet bowl cleaner or Oof. something? Yeah, we get it. Man, hit that thing with a scrubby. Yeah. And then tap that ass again. If old girl looks as good as you say she does and performs even better as you say she does, again, you're going to let one bad browser, Whoa. one explosive tail yeah. okay, we get it. in your I, toilet? Yeah. Yes, Ed? Some dad? Why does he always I offer say, more than one thing? He well, always doubles up on the, his <laughs> description. It's the like, rule well, of threes. Enough, it's man. the rule of threes. Yeah. His, his description, so he's saying... He should get out and have a full toilet cleaning session as the foreplay. Well, so what he's what he's saying, and this is, you know, Manuel, he actually makes a good point here. He's like, look, Kennard, if you're crushing it like Jason Stewart was doing two years and one month ago on the app Tinder. And you got you got a new broad every single night and you're just doing big work. Then it's, you can let this chick go. But remember, Kennard described this woman as being very high level, very good at sex, very attractive. If Kennard's not the kind of guy that gets a girl like that every single week, she, I mean, doesn't she get a pass? Like if it was an accident. Maybe if she you give her another chance and she does it again, then you then that's it for her. But. Also, maybe Kennard can unsee it. Personally, I don't think I'd be able to unsee it. I'm very sensitive to that kind of thing. I have a Along question. those same lines, this is like Chris Rock saying, a man is only as faithful as his options. That's right. I mean, that's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. And it's, 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 a, it's a fair point. Uh, yes, Travis Rogers, what's your question? What, what's a nursing school? Oh, that's like the Bryman he, school. He said that, oh, like Barbizon? Right. Oh, I, I was confused between Wait. like a nursery school and something Wait. else. I didn't. I, okay, I didn't think that like you go to like a strip mall to learn how to be a nurse. Travis. Okay, now I understand. Travis. Yeah. Your wife is a nurse. She attended yeah, nursing school. She didn't. She didn't do it at the strip mall. Well, I don't know. I don't. That's a good. We yes. Went to, she I went think to he's a university. Of the mom from he got game. I think that was it. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm just, I'm just curious. Not he got no, game. Uh, I understand now. Dreams nursing school guys, uh, Nurs- nursing school is very competitive by the way it's hard to get in yeah yes jason you guys are familiar with jim jeffrey's stand-up act absolutely Ooh, he's but his most recent special he was rocking a very aggressive glue-on hair system that completely took me out of it i and i love jim jeffrey's I could not pay attention to the jokes because i could see the actual tape in the front where they had used adhesive, probably hot glue, to attach the system. And it was real peacocked up real high like a pomp. It was a full pomp system. Like Ned Coletti? Yeah, worse. Well, better, yeah. obviously. Ned Coletti's got the worst system in humanity. But it's <laughs> along the same lines. It was a very, it was a high-end system. It was, it was like a Ferrari-style system. It was the kind you need to get wrenched on. Like, he probably, he did two sets that night. He needed to go get maintenance in between sets to just get it dialed in perfectly. But, um, Jason, you were going to quote Jim Jeffries. Well, he... Um for any listener that's not familiar, Australian comic, there's a lot of specials out there. Uh, you Sometimes I need to put on the uh, the closed caption because the accent's a little strong. Yeah, he's a bogan. But very raunchy. I, I'd say watch it. 
Don't watch it with the kids. Uh, but the scenario that you just described reminded me of a Jim Jeffries set when he said, uh, he's like, I'm, 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 I'm having a one night stand with a, with a girl at her place. And, uh, and we, we have sex all night and I get up and I use her toothbrush to brush my teeth. And she gives me this look like, did you just use my toothbrush? Yeah. And, and he says, yeah, did, were you just, uh, did was your mouth just on my cock all night? Wow. Yeah. No. I mean, it's, I think the toothbrush is still a bridge too far. Really? Right? That's yeah. I mean, that's like, that's, that's like in your gums, dude. <laughs> like I was like, I'm, I'm dating somebody. I have a girlfriend and I would, I've never used her toothbrush, but I would feel comfortable using her toothbrush or letting her use mine. But what I've known her for a very long time. It's a, the first night I meet somebody using their fucking toothbrush. That's worse than what happened to canard or at least on the same level. Are we sure a nursing school is where nurses go to learn how to become nurses? Yes, of course you they do. Think, you think he meant nursery school. I do. Yeah. Oh, you might. Met- <laughs> I'm not, I don't, yes. I don't disagree. I, I kind of feel like that's, he's thinking it's like a strip mall that has Montessori school in there. <laughs> yeah. no. I, I, I do kind of think that's what here's the, pr- here's the problem. Here's the dilemma you guys have created for me because now next week, Manuel is going to call and explain what he meant. And we're going to have to keep going with this. Okay. So next week we start at the 41 second right. mark. Barb is on. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's let him finish. Cause I'm kind of interested, but he's started to repeat himself a lot. So we might be done with Manuel. Let's see. Do away with that. Hey, good luck, man. But I like to remind a lot of my buddies that are 20 and even 30. What about 40? I've been there, done that, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm 44 years old. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. It's a hard forty-four. How the pussy scope and spectrum <laughs> shrinks and shrivels as you get older. Mm. What? Think about it, man. Ain't gonna be as many parties. Ain't gonna be oh, as many hangouts. Oh, I disagree. And you don't look quite as cool when you're the forty-something mm. at the bar mm. trying to pick up on chicks that are twenty years younger. Mm. So Bernard, mm. think it through, dog. Age hey. probably had a bad night. Maybe yeah. Taco Bell went down wrong. Well, or- that's what I was thinking. Is they probably were out drinking. And you know you get a lot of, you have too many apple teenies, and things can get kind of loose, especially if you hit a little bit, hit that fourth meal on the way home. You know you get that Uber to pull through Taco Bell, all fucking bets are off. I think Travis would be able to attest. You know, Travis has a pretty good memory, but um, you know, back when I first started working on the Jim Rome show, you know, he wasn't paying me too great. Times are a little tough. Yeah. And I, I was known to treat uh, my dates to dr- drive through a Taco Bell. I had forgotten about that, but I'm glad you reminded me. Jason, we've, yeah. we, we've all seen your dating style on the single yeah, yeah. greatest reality show ever episode of a reality show ever created. Blind date. When you gifted your date and assigned eight by ten of yourself. Amazing. Still wasn't as good as when he pulled out his money. That was the next thing I was going to say. He's like, hold on, before well, we go, money. let me make sure. He's, let he's me make sure. It while he's looking at her. He's, he's got like fifteen hundred bucks. No, 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 no. That that's kind of the inside story that nobody knows. Oh. Maybe Travis doesn't even remember this. I had zero money, as I just mentioned. Right. Jim Rome gave me like thirty one hundred dollars bills to, to give it back. <laughs> 
Yes. It was a, it was a loadout. <laughs> it was prop money. <laughs> so good. That's so amazing. Okay, Manuel, thank you. We appreciate that. Fantastic call as always. Love, love having Manuel on the show. Manuel also has... Uh, currently has promos running on both local uh, LA sports talk radio stations, by the way. I mean, the guy's just <laughs> prolific. It's just amazing. It's incredible. Uh, okay. Quick email. And then we're going to get into major league. Um, hold on. Oh, we got a couple. Here we go. Ballers. I was jamming out to some Dre and Snoop. I want to disclose. I was not singing along. Very important. Anyway, at about two minutes, 41 seconds into the song, this lyric comes up. Pimpin' hoes and clockin' a grip like my name was Dolomite. <laughs> Let's not under S. Oh, my God. This is fan fan again. This is this is Dolomite's burner account. It has to be. Let's not underestimate Dolomite's White Christmas special. If Dre and Snoop both know Dolomite, why would you not show Dolomite the respect he deserves? At some point, we need to get back to normal and maybe one time not review a movie. I, well, if you listen to our Red Circle, we don't review movies there. I haven't heard any dick quotes or jokes besides Ed complaining about a book review. Whoever did that is very kind. Publicly, you should not be unprofessional at any point in time. No excuses. However, behind closed doors in a podcast, I thought this doesn't even make any sense. What is going on? And by the way, does this person not know Dolomite was a 70s uh, Rudy Ray Moore? He's only like, there was a no, series he, of films. He thinks Dolomite is the Dolomite. However, <laughs> behind closed doors in a podcast, mouth stuff. And the after effects where stuff is blown out her nose is completely no. normal and fine to discuss. What are your thoughts? As always, thank you for your service. Stay healthy and safe. Baller Lifestyle Fan 1. Look, we're not doing a special about Dolomite, listener Dolomite, who's a great guy. He's the, our first Patreon. He's our first Red Circle subscriber. He maintains our Reddit, our subreddit. He's a great dude. But I'm not doing a whole show about a blowjob he got one time. He, yes. saw, he already described it, and it was too much for me. Yeah, uh, Family Ties didn't do whole episodes dedicated to Skippy. We, no. we have to keep it. No. <laughs> Poor Skippy. I feel it like they did, they did at least one full Skippy episode. Yeah, it was always a Mallory episode right. with, with Skippy. Uh, thank you for that, though, fan fan. Pretty Pretty timely reference I just made there. No, that's good. <laughs> that's why I liked it so much. So I've noticed. So I've noticed Manuel has been putting a lot of swerve on you on you boys' names the past few weeks, and it got me thinking. Did he get Rosetta Stone for Father's Day? It's the only <laughs> thing that makes sense. Keep banging them V-mails, Manzel. We all know Telly is a leg man and Paul's about dad ass, but what kink do you guys roll with? Pretty sure I know what Brad's kryptonite is. Oh, I'd like to know what you think my kryptonite is, LSU. But Ed has been pretty reserved about what makes him go from 6 to 12. <laughs> Something makes me think Ed is a big fan of Nicki Minaj, who isn't, but I could be wrong. That, of course, is from... LSU Lala. Um, 
Ed, I feel like you're very vanilla sexually. We've determined that you don't, you what? can't look at balls in porno. You no. girl, no, girl on girl, or s- when they do the underneath, right. uh, takes me out. I know you're it. You like ebony, as do I, and you're also kind of you kind of sway into the Asian world of pornography. But what is your what is your kink, Ed? What do you like to dress up? We determined that you don't role play. So tell us, LSU Lala would like to know what is your kink. Well, no, I, I don't really search for specifics, but yeah. if I do, yeah, it probably goes the ebony route. Yeah. He's probably right mm, with the, with uh, although not from a sexual perspective, but I really enjoyed that WAP video. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, I haven't seen that. With- it's just funny. It's just over the top, like overt sexuality. Mm-hmm. It's like it's almost like two live crew. Good for overt. them. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, so okay. you're a uh, you're an admitted heterosexual male and. You just admitted to not seeing that video. I mean, yeah, I don't want I don't watch anything. If somebody sends it to me, I might watch it. You got to get with the times here. I don't know. Like, how would I see it? I Um, I don't. I'm so glad when it comes to kink. When you hear people are into some weird shit, I'm always thankful. I'm not into any like I'm just into whatever turns me on. Not like. Oh, I'm really into feet, or I'm really yeah. into this. Like, get, yeah, I'm just glad I don't have any weird. Getting stuff. your balls stomped. Oh, hold on, I'm gonna turn down the sound here. I'm gonna play, I'm playing it right now. I just googled there's, WAP. There's a official there's a lyric. My my favorite lyric in there at some point, maybe it's sooner than later, is when she talks about him being down there taking care of business, uh-huh. and she says something like, "Swipe your nose like a credit card." Oh, that's you know what? That's not a bad play, by the yeah. way. You, it, I, I, I enjoy Ben Shapiro reading it. Oh yeah, he's Ben but Shapiro fucks. He's P-word. he's never touched he's never touched a vagina in his life. <laughs> Who says p word? P word. Um, I don't. It's playing and there's nothing happening. It's just the audio. See, I'm not even on the right thing. Why have you taken me down this road? There's nothing happening. There's no. See, I've googled the wrong thing. Uh, okay, let's start. We're talking about Major League 1989. Let me play the trailer. Baseball. Here's a list of players we'll be inviting to camp. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. We'd love for you to come to spring training for a shot at this year's club. By the way, you were with me last night. Who's this chick on top of me? We'd still like to take a look at you in our spring camp. Not sure I can make it by then. Who is that? Serrano. What's his religion? Hold on. Voodoo. Problematic. Fully Maze Hayes here. Play like Maze, and I run like Hayes. How you doing? the hell league you've been playing in california penal classic Don't line you have any proven major league talent now i want to put together a team that'll help us relocate to miami you want us to lose we've been losing what i want is for us to finish dead okay everybody gets it it's uh it's the cleveland indians chief wahoo featured prominently in this movie as are a lot of bleacher War bonnets. Um, they s- Bob Euchre has an Indian pun every time they go to a new game. Yeah. I, don't know if, I never noticed that the first <laughs> yeah. time when I was what every time they start a new game, he's got like the tribesmen from Cuyahoga or the Erie Warriors. Yes. He, he does it every time. He, he seems to really relish saying it. He's, he's the best. <laughs> well, it's his signature, he's, I guess. And 
Yeah, Harry Doyle's signature, at least. He's incredible. Uh, Major League is a 1989 American sports comedy film produced by Chris Chesser and Irby Smith, written and directed by David S. Ward. It stars Tom Berenger. We forget what a fucking big star Tom Berenger was. Uh, Charlie Sheen, Wesley Snipes, James Gammon, of course, who is the Lou Brown, the manager. Uh, Bob Euchre, Rene Russo, personal favorite of Jay Stu. Jay Stu, have you have you looked up who turned down this job before it was given to Rene Russo? Because that's one of your favorite things. Good point. So uh, whenever you see Rene Russo in any movie, you have to know for a fact they turned down five better actresses right. before they got to her. What movie was was he down on her about? Outbreak. Outbreak. Well, that's Outbreak. a that was a dog shit movie. Was a Su- movie. Suggested I by Jay Stu, by good. the way. Well, she's very she's very pretty. Uh, Dennis Haysbert, Corbin Burnson, who was a guy for a minute. Um, made was he? this. Yeah, he was on LA, LA Law. LA Law. He did LA Law. That was TV. But he was did he do anything other than that? Well, LA Law was a big show, dude. It was, no, I mean, but I yeah. thought we meant movies. I think okay. he was All stuck right. in a time, but. But yeah. this movie launched – this was Russo's first movie. I I am a very big fan of Wildcats, so that's what Snipes is from. But this is where he got famous. Yep. And Joe Boo, he, uh, Haysbert, he yeah. hadn't been in anything. This was like a pretty big career launcher well, for guys. Well, that's even Charlie Sheen. Like Charlie Sheen was – had he been in yeah, – well, he done Platoon, right, with with Tom Berenger. And Wall Street. He oh, was right. pretty established. Yeah, he was pretty – and and – no, you forget because Charlie Sheen, you know, he's got the bug and he's likes to smoke a lot of crack and drink a lot of Tito's vodka and stuff. He was quite the fuck piece as a young man. He was he's very beautiful, like a really handsome dude. Um, well, all those yeah. guys, when you're talking about Snipes and, and oh, Dennis gorgeous. Haysbert and yes. Sheen in particular, they gorgeous. all look like children yeah. they're so because you're used to seeing them now like you said sheen looks like a you know he got hit by a car five yes. minutes ago but yeah. the rest of them look like they're 16 years old uh, not serrano but the rest of them right uh made for 11 million major league pretty big hit gross nearly 50 million domestically um and it's basic everybody knows the story right a, a showgirl inherits the cleveland indians she wants to move them to miami the- the ant from Secret of My Success. Um, didn't so. Upon rewatch of the movie, what's her name? Rachel Phelps can one hundred percent get it. Like m- much, oh, yeah. much hotter than yes. I recall the first time around. Yes, uh, big I'd fan. Like to, yes, more of an <laughs> attitude thing. Her, her, her by the attitude. way. Yep. Her her entire concept of what she wanted to do upon watching this movie, great idea. she was right. Why this would you want idea. to stay in Cleveland if you could go to Miami? They had a lousy team. They weren't yes. winning. They'd been crappy for 50 years. She wanted to get them out, get a new ballpark, get a country club membership and a new stadium in Miami. She was on to something. Why did they fight this? Also, they had other innovations. We know now that the manager of a baseball team is almost of no consequence whatsoever. There is there. They do nearly nothing. They, they just execute the plan. They go, Hey, it's the seventh inning. Go get Joe Kelly. Hey, it's the eighth inning. Go get bruised. Our. Yeah. Poor art. How Gratterall. Right. How he was useless. Yes. They're, they're useless. So what do they do? They're like, Hey, right. Let's, let's all get, Oh yeah. 
He's got a thick show chain too. I don't. I don't feel he like does. he's been in the show long enough to have quite such a thick rope. But I'll give that it to him. Makes it baller. So baller. Uh, they go. They're like, hey. We're going to get shitty players, and also, who gives a fuck who our manager is? So they get the Toledo Mudhens manager, who's running a tire shop, Lou Brown, and they hire him. Like, that's were they ahead of their time, the Cleveland Indians in 1989's Major League? Well, I read that they were the twist of the movie was going to be that she was just trying to motivate them. They didn't have money for payroll, and so she was going to be happy at the end. And it was all her master plan. And then test audiences are like, nah, we like the owner to be a bitch. And right. so they had to reshoot a couple things. Oh, really? That's interesting. Now, and when you say when you say it took 11 million bucks, it, this made me think of something. I think this was the first um, sports movie, a baseball movie for sure, that had actual Major League Baseball properties. They actually paid for the rights for the uh, actual teams. If you think about right. most baseball movies up to this point, they're all like either dumbass uh, make-believe teams on a major league level or they were whatever, minor league teams. I think that a lot of that $11 million goes to the copyright. And I also remember this from back in the day. Memorial Stadium wasn't available. Like they couldn't shoot at the old uh, Indians Stadium. Right. I don't know if that's been explained. Were, were the Browns playing or something? Because they had to shoot it at Milwaukee County. Yeah. I thought that looked familiar. Yes, County Stadium. Yeah, Good they, call. I, I read that the the Browns were having preseason. They shot it in the summer, so it must have been whenever the team was out of town. But the the Browns had like the, they were playing in the same stadium, so their preseason games they had it made up like a football field. Interesting. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Um. How much of the 11 million did they spend on the general manager's flat top? Because that was something that I <laughs> was mesmerized by. The <laughs> there was, yeah. It was the perfect Whitey Herzog flat top. I, I could not stop looking at it. I it love glorious. it how like a guy will sign up for a flat top when he's like nine. And he's just <laughs> like, no, this is what we're doing. And you're like forever. And he's like, yeah, forever. I'm just going to have a flat top from now on. And you're like, wait, nobody has a flat top anymore. And he's like, yeah, well, fuck you. you. I got one. Yeah. You could choose <laughs> right. another to, to not have a flat top before we say, here's the saddest uh, fact I learned about the movie in a 2011 interview. Sheen admitted to taking steroids for six to eight weeks in preparation for the role of Vaughn. He said it added speed to his fastball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Hey, he's taking it seriously. Hard to believe movie, that Charlie Sheen would take drugs. I, <laughs> uh, I gotta add speed to my fastball for fake batters, right? Um, well, okay, yes. but hold on. There, there's, a, there's a talking about adding speed to the fastball and all this stuff. Most of the guys that were pitching in that movie, even old ass Harris, could throw a baseball. They, they actually right. got him. The only guy that wasn't was the the guy that they brought at the end. What was his name? Not Clue or something. The Duke. Like that. that was the, Duke. the slugger. The Duke. Yeah. The Duke threw. He made uh, Nuke Lelouch look like Clayton Kershaw. But <laughs> the Duke was the only guy in that thing that couldn't throw. Everyone else, Charlie Sheen and Harris and the rest of these guys, could at least make it look somewhat passable, which is important. So that was a, qu that was a question I was going to ask. Who of the team is the most believable as a ball player. Shane. 
Sheen. Did, yeah. Sheen, Sheen or sure. Burnson actually looked pretty. No, not at all. No, no. Stop. He was Stop. thrown off his back foot a lot. him run. Yeah. Well, in the way he ran, he ran like he'd never run in his life. And he also leaning forward, his arms are going everywhere. Also, he couldn't execute coach pitch level fielding drills. Like they were, right. they were hitting him just like easy, like rollers. And he looked like a baseball player of that. I mean, yeah. the thing is, if you looked when, when the pandemic started and they were just jamming old games at us, when you looked at an 80s baseball oh, yeah. game, most of the guys look like shit. Well, yeah. Roger Dorn was no worse of a ball player than Dave Anderson. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I, I always said this. I always said that Dorn. There, at some point in the movie, they they say that Dorn's a lifetime two ninety hitter, and uh, and I always thought that that was such bullshit. I mean, anyone who who has played the game, and and you know, obviously on this call, and Jay Stu, Ed, Ed and Brian haven't played the game. Jay Stu, so you've guys, played you the game. You guys wouldn't pick right. up on the nuances. Right. Uh, that guy's not a 290 hitter, not with that no, swing. No. Not, and the reason why he looked like such a kind of like a spaz of the fielding drills is the contracts specifically said something about doing a certain amount of calisthenics. He didn't have to yeah, work. But you on. don't have to do a jumping jack to catch a ground ball. <laughs> I, I like that. He, I like that. He also brought his actual contract to show it in to the manager folder, yes. which was, which was really striking to me that he brought it out in a folder, no less like he was going to put it back in his filing cabinet later on. I, I have a question about Dorn that, we know that Serrano was playing right field because we see him towards the end of the movie make an important play. Right. Yeah. We know that Dorn was at third base. Serrano can't hit a curveball. Right. Dorn can't catch. Who's the DH on this team? Well, it's weird. Why, why is one Dorn, of the generic guys? Right. Why is Dorn not the DH? He can't. They everybody says, "Oh, he can still hit, but he can't catch." Okay, that we have a position for that now. <laughs> That's right. a really good point. DH. Yeah. Uh, well, one guy, I remember reading this about White Man Can't Jump, which is a movie we should probably do at some point. Oh, yeah. Wesley Snipes is like a dancer. Yeah. And he they never show him throw. And they had to, like, coach him for this movie, I yeah. think, so he could hit pop-ups. But, like, he is no athlete. He just looks like an athlete. Right. He's He, he, he cuts the physique of an athlete, but he doesn't it's, do it's, things athletically. It's hard to say who the um, – the less likely looking hitter is between Jake Taylor and Wesley and Wesley Snipes because they're both like they both literally looked like a couple of weeks before shooting somebody taught them how to hit swing a bat. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, apparently hey, you hold the you hold the skinny end of the bat, Wesley. Yeah. Right. That little apparently. knob you put your left hand all the way down at the bottom. <laughs> you put your right hand right on top. Yeah, he sucks. He, Wesley uh, Snipes apparently was Behringer. Yeah. Uh, Behringer couldn't throw. Yeah. So Steve Yeager threw anytime there was a throw, it was Steve yeah. Yeager throwing from like the catcher's position. Uh, well, Steve Yeager in the middle of that movie went from having his Steve Yeager serial killer glasses for one scene he had on spec. He had on rec specs, right. like really thick black rimmed glasses. It was very, very disturbing because Steve Yeager wears serial killer glasses. But going back to like 1970, why would he take them off for one scene? I, I didn't like that. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Uh, oh, man. Uh, what else? Um, and we pointed out during Urban Cowboy, I don't know what went on. For Lou Brown, between the days of him being like a handsome young stud right. in 1980s urban cowboy to this in 1989, it looks like he lived 
35 years in between those <laughs> well, two. Well, <let's, laughs> that, that brings up a good point. James Gammon, who played Lou Brown. Ed, you kind of have an educated guess on this because we just saw him in Urban Cowboy. I'll let the other guys guess. Jason Stewart, how old would you say that manager Lou Brown of the 1989 Cleveland Indians was at the time? I bet I, I bet he's younger than he looks, but he looks he looks awful. And I, I will <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll give him the I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe the Maybe he really got into this character, put on like 40 pounds and got a bunch of uh, acne scars on his face. Um, I will say he's 57. 57 years old. He easily looks like he's in his early to mid 70s. So that is (laughs) very young. Travis Rogers, you are a very educated man. You have an eye for these sorts of things. You notice the details in life. Lou Brown, he looks old as fuck, but how old do you think he really was in 1989? Well, Jay brings up an important part, and and he brought up the neck pits that he has. because Mm -hmm. Mark McGuire style. Neck pits will really skew the data. Mm -hmm. And you look at a guy like Ernie Els, who's got some really serious neck pits. And Ernie Els is only like 51, maybe? And he looks way older than that. And you add in that Lou Brown was probably just going through cigarettes carton by carton by carton to get that voice. So I'm going to go a little younger than that. I'm going to say Lou Brown in that movie was 48 years old. <laughs> Pretty goddamn close, Travis, because what? when the you're actually, I would say, Ty goes to the runner. You nailed it. No, he, he's right. Well, because he filmed he was, it when he was 48. Right. It would have filmed when it came out. He would have been 49, but they would have filmed it. He was born April 20th, 1940. He would have been 40, <laughs> 48 years old when they filmed. Also, Dude. By the way, yeah. I am 48 years old it's crazy. and never yeah, in my entire life have I felt better about right. being 48 than I do right now. It's, times are different now. And, and R.I.P. Lou Brown, he died. Yeah, of course he did. Surprised. Did you not hear his voice and yeah. see his neck pits? He died. His, his voice was on the back nine for sure. He died a decade ago, July, six, July 16, 2010, in Costa Mesa, California, hometown of... Anyone? Brian Beckner. Brian, that's right. Travis Rogers nailed it. That's hometown of Brian. What Beckner. was the? Uh, what was the? Uh, I, I know that he got scarred for life when he was in the uh, the pineapple factory explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Stewart reusing an Edward James Olmos joke. Does he what use a- his spare change to fill in those holes in his neck? <laughs> so, uh, of all the uh, the the Lou Brown lines, and there are a lot of them. He's he's one of my favorite characters, probably my second favorite character but uh maybe the one that i've used most in my life is uh you may run like maze but you hit like shit right that's a pretty good line that's that's one more thing but we should wrap up on lou brown but i have a i have a question and this would probably be best for ed lou brown at one point he's roger dorn hands him his contract and he's like look i don't have to do sit-ups it's in my contract and they're on there i mean it's like supposed to be spring training i guess 
he drops his contract in on the first base line and he whips out his dong and he pisses on it. And then later in the movie, he's going to do a whirlpool, which is kind of irritating because he's not actually on the team. He's not playing you games. Know, what, what is what are his muscles doing? He's just right. been sitting. He's he's goes to do the whirlpool. It's not working. The owner of the team, Rachel Phelps, comes into the clubhouse and Lou Brown. God damn it. Lou Brown is just there with his fucking dong hanging out. And she's like, you might want to put a towel on. And he's like, I don't think so. You got to think. Lou Not Br- only does he say, I don't think so. He also calls out one of his players. He says, I'm too old to go jumping in the lockers. He called out Burnson for being a wuss. Yeah, being a pussy. So you got to think Lou Brown is pretty dicked up, oh, which, yeah. which, begs the, which begs the question. Davey's choice. It's a choice I made. It's a little game we play on this show called Daily's Choice. Ed Daly, you got you're a cub reporter for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. You get 30 seconds to walk into the 1989 Cleveland Indians Clubhouse. You only have the chance. They're all naked, all the dudes on the team. Willie Mays Hayes, Serrano. Roger Dorn, Ricky Vaughn, all of them. The guys, Harris, all of them. Who's Dong you checking out? I'm, uh, look, Lou Brown probably has a fire hose. Got to. But, but I'm going Serrano. Yeah, yeah. He's, at one point in the movie, he's doing um, barbell deadlifts in a G-string. <laughs> Yeah. In the middle. And I don't think he was really stuffing, if you know what I mean. Like there's he's, a lot of jock strap footage in that lot. that little montage that they have where they're all hanging around. I haven't seen a jock strap in thirty years, but everyone in that locker room had a jock strap yeah, on. A lot of a lot of jocks, a lot of uh a lot of nudity in the you, but baseball players just love being naked. It's like their favorite thing. Uh, That's true. Um, Willie Mays Hayes, he has no discernible ability other than he's he's fast. So all the guys, for some reason, it's spring training and they like live in a barracks. Yeah, which doesn't make they're not in the fucking army. It's not full it's metal not the Marines. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, d- don't yeah. like don't like uh, MPs show up and, and yeah. take. Snipes his bed, Willie Mays Hayes' bed out. Yeah, because he's not actually invited to camp. But then he's able to prove himself by outrunning two middle-aged white guys in his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I read here that Snipes wasn't even particularly fast, so they had to do it in slow motion and tell the guys to not run so yeah, hard. It was very, very obvious. And also they there were like two dudes. They had like... 80s mustaches they were not <laughs> athletes in any way it was it and was they a, were they were doing that like uh they were doing the acting thing where you know obviously they knew they were gonna be in slow motion so they like acted like they were running really hard and they were probably going like a half a mile an hour yeah. on, and they the did actual that actual thing they, yeah and they did that what, what? as he goes yeah. by him it was it was not well done um, and, how, I, and how about the stopwatch somebody had a stopwatch like when did he start the stopwatch when he got out of it? the bed yeah yeah <laughs> and, and one one thing i wanted to point out um harris 
in today's Major League Baseball, you'd be like, that's unrealistic. There were like 12 Harrises in the 80s. Oh, yeah. There were so John many- Sutton, the Negro yeah. Brothers. There yeah, was a Gaylord. entire crew of guys in their 60s. Gay- yes. Hey, you think Mrs. Perry wants that one back? Hey, you know what I think I'm going to name my son? Gaylord. Like, what? There are a was lot that- of choices. Was that- you could pick a name was- for lots. Was that ever like a name? Some of the names... Some of the names are like of an era. Was Gaylord ever a name of no. an era? Or like that was just there was like, you know, like when we went to school, there was a bunch of Johns and Roberts in yes. your class. Right. Mike. Like if you go back to the 30s, were there, were there a lot of gay Gaylords? No, in there? no. Like Gaylord F, Gaylord G. Look at this beautiful Gaylord baby. M. Look at this beautiful baby. Let's name him something that's really happy, but also powerful. Gaylord. <laughs> Gaylord. Like one. Yeah. One guy who's real happy was an, an announcer in the 70s and early 80s was Tom Brenneman. <laughs> that's, that's a really good point, Jason. <laughs> Welcome to Gaylordville. Um, you, you know, these days you can't – it's very important like who you cast to do what role. You don't want to um, offend anyone. You want to give – equal opportunities. That being said, has there ever been a more problematic portrayal of a Cuban person than Dennis Haysbert as Serrano? George Serrano? I don't even remember. What's his first name? Pedro. Pedro Serrano. Uh, I mean, other than Tony Montana, who's like laughably horrible Cuban accent, um, Pedro Serrano, extremely problematic as a as a Cuban person. Would you guys agree? Well, I remember seeing this. I was in 11th grade and maybe maybe 10th grade when this movie came out, something like that. And I had no idea that he wasn't Cuban. I had no idea that he was just some American right. guy doing a terrible Spanish right, accent. Right. And I don't think I've seen that movie since I was in the 10th grade until I watched it earlier. And it's not a good accent. It's not problematic because of all the reasons it's problematic now. It's problematic because it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so bad. And I agree with you. Like, it's you only notice it on the rewatch in the moment. You just didn't notice stuff like that. But right. In, in every it's movie. terribly, it's terribly insensitive or all the obvious, but it just, it's a terrible accent. Like you'll get guys like, for instance, when Idris Elba was in the wire. Okay. Yeah. I, I had never seen Idris Elba in anything. And when I saw the wire, I had no idea he wasn't from Baltimore. Right. I had no, so you can do accents. Right. There, that's fine. That's part of being a good actor. You just have to be good right. at it. But, and, but, and Dennis Haysbert is not. But uh, Jimmy, McNulty, you could definitely tell, was like yeah. from Sheffield yeah, that, or that didn't work Stoke as well. upon Tyne or wherever he's from. I, I would will just, say uh, it's tough to notice a problematic performance when it every once in a while flashes to those two Asian groundskeepers. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> those guys are a little more or well, any flash to Chief Wahoo, which is. It's right. jarring how yeah. it was. Yeah. If you made if you made a comedy before like 1999, if you made a comedy and you weren't playing up racial stereotypes, you weren't doing your job. Like I think they did. They looked at the end product of some of these comedies and they said, "Wait a minute, that Cuban isn't racist enough." Uh, like the uh, <laughs> like in, in uh, was it was it Major League Two when they had the uh, Asian guy that yeah. ran through walls? Yes. I mean, that, yeah. That- What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Guy was a worse stereotype than the, uh, the, the Japanese guy from Gilligan's Island. That's so true. Uh, <laughs> the Japanese submarine captain? Not, right. I would, I would, um, who, who, by the way, was Italian, right? Not nothing Japanese about him. I would, I would encourage everyone to Google the Japanese submarine captain from Gilligan's Island right now. Cause you're going to look at it and go, there's nothing Asian about this person other than the, his portrayal. Um, also why was there only one Spanish speaker? It was 1989. There's literally one Latino guy on the whole team. No wonder they sucked. <laughs> there's there's like 13 Wally Backmans in the in the clubhouse and one Ruben Sierra. There's your problem. That's true. That's very true. I have a question about the the, the era like you're talking about uh, bride the fact yeah. that they didn't have enough Latin players and, and maybe I'm I'm jumping too far ahead but what exactly did they win at the end the American League East? Was, yeah. This actually happened in I think maybe in the AL East. It was the 163rd game. Right. When you tied, you had to play a one-game playoff. That happened a couple times. Yeah, yeah. The, the Dodgers did it two years ago against the Rockies. Game, game 163. They, but they, they were making the, it sound the like they won the World So they just advanced to the playoffs? Yeah, also the playoffs for the first time in whenever. Also, they celebrated when they got to game 163. They were ha- they had a huge celebration before in the game before that they played game 163. Um, something that's that was when, uh, that's when Dorn's wife saw in the background yep. him going to the room with the uh, with the hooker. That's right. That's right. So, a couple things. Jake Taylor, this guy, he. He's wearing, he's got like a kind of a perm mullet look. He's got the aviators. He shows up to camp. He's got, he's got a linen blazer with, with. <laughs> yeah, he's got a Don Johnson Miami, Miami Vice look. He's, he, yes, he's got a linen blazer over a Takati t-shirt. He's got the 80s jeans on. And we learn that the issue for him, that he was one time an all-star in Boston, but because of his knees, he was now he was down in the Me- Mexican league. Do you think his knee problem had something to do with being dehydrated, being constantly draining his fluids so much that actually his there was just not enough moisture left in his body to support his knees because he was he was having doing so well the, his first time around in the major leagues. What I'm saying is as good a theory as any. What I'm saying is he was coming so much that it affected his knees. Is that an actual diagnosis? What do you guys think? I I think that that's as likely as the fact that he couldn't run. That maybe his (laughs) knees were bad. He ran like he'd never tried to do it before. (laughs) And 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 I can think of at least 18 things um, that prevented him from being an all star other than his knees. Yes. Yeah. He, he was not much of an athlete. The entire, and I hate to side with Jason here or at any time, but the entire like love story about between Jake Taylor and Renee Russo, just unnecessary in my opinion, like really, <laughs> really just so boring every time they got to that. Although I do like that he was constantly showing up at her place. I like that he shows up at her boyfriend's place and everybody's like, a major league ball player walks into your fucking dinner party 
And yeah. everybody there, there's like, oh, fuck this loser. Like, hey, piece of shit. <laughs> well, what do you do? You I play fucking baseball? They still had a team. That's one yeah, of my favorite right. jokes ever. <laughs> like, um, yes, they still have a team. Imagine, even if like you're not a big fan, like a major leaguer, that's a fucking pretty big accomplishment. You know, like my my doesn't she ask how much he makes or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He he makes the league minimum. Still, that's like even back then that was like a couple hundred grand. Like he's doing okay. I think there was this like thing too that's like kind of like an elementary thing that these movies did back then, which you know once once you got into this uh, century, you had like movies just cater to one audience, just like Trump and his base, just. Make the people that are going to see the movie uh, laugh out loud and pay again. Back then, it was like, we want to make a love story for the women. We want to give them some of what, what they want. We want to make the, the baseball for the guys. We want the raunchy stuff for the perverts. You know, like they tried to kind of play everybody. For everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah, everybody. Everybody to go around. But, but then you get into the 90s or into the 2000s, and it's like, you know, these old school and whatever that uh, stupid movie was with McLovin and shit, they just threw all that shit out the door and said, we're going to play to the fucking raunchy guy and it's going to be successful. Yes. And also, Rene Russo, not super loyal because let's be honest. Let's be honest. (laughs) Jake Taylor. Taylor, He was a shitty husband. He's a stalker. He's well, he was a she, she he they were married, right? Yeah. And then she goes, Hey, I haven't heard from you in three years. You didn't even write a letter. Yeah. He didn't let her know he was going to Mexico. Yeah. And he's clearly he's clearly fucking down in Mexico. Sure. And then and she had the gall to move on. Yeah, it just then, yeah, it just happens that he like he would never even would have looked her up if he didn't run into her in a restaurant in the in the city that he now played in. Right, he wasn't looking for her. But then, and but, she de- she decides to cut loose the other guy because he read the comic book version of Moby Dick. That's all it took. Right, and she's just right back well, with him. I don't understand. No, she he stalks her. He puts her in very uncomfortable situations, and then after like two stalking attempts, he shows up in the in the bullpen car. Yeah, well, she wasn't well because and she, she fucks when, him. When you yeah, but when he <laughs> followed her home. You yeah. see her personalized license plate says read like she's so into books. Yeah, she she even books. got a license plate that says read. And also, how, what kind of person is she that as a librarian, as a somebody with a love of literature, she's encur- encouraging people to read Moby Dick? Yeah, but not not great. Like one of the most fucking dog shit books in the history of like if anybody ever forces you to read Moby Dick I imagine it's been burned in all schools it's not it's not currently in the curriculum anymore it's not as bad as Ethan Frome but yeah it's pretty fucking bad <laughs> yes it's pretty bad Ethan Frome's worse I, I before we move on I have a question about the uh, dinner party oh yeah okay you, so we've all been to friends houses and hey come on over and we'll have dinner and we'll hang out and we'll, whatever it is and you know sometimes you go and it's two couples three couples whatever it is and we've all done that party let me ask you all three of you guys because the answer for me is no have you ever attended any of those get-togethers in a coat and tie <laughs> Well, no, the, uh, because the everyone there is in a right. coat. They're just sitting in the living room, right. having some snacks and having a glass yeah. of wine or whatever, which is pretty typical. But everyone is in a coat and tie and the ladies are in dresses. Yeah. I do, What yeah. is the point of that? It's a lot. 
It's a lot. It's yeah, people got very formal. I think by the 80s, they weren't doing that, no, though. No, because it was cocaine. Oh, no, I, my mom and dad would have people over to the house every once in a while. They would go over to other people's houses. My dad never put on a jacket and no. a tie to go to the ficuses to watch the game and have a few beers. No, not, <laughs> no. Just, the, what are we doing? The ficuses were very casual. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I think in the in their defense, I think the the movie makers, as uh, flawed as they were in most respects, I think they were attempting to like try to paint the dichotomy of you know simple Jake Taylor right. and the um, the educated. The obviously she now hangs out with the highbrow that do show up to dinner parties in, in suit and tie because they, they're a part of that society. You, you bring up a good point, Jay. I think that's what they were going for. But the problem is, and, and this is kind of your point earlier, uh, Bri, Jake Taylor is a major league baseball player. He's not a garbage truck driver. It, <laughs> it, it, it's right. not like he, he's the dog catcher and he's going around picking up, you know, dead raccoons off the side of the road. He's in the big leagues. That's a good gig. And well, they're looking I mean, at him like he's half stupid. Right. And also, what, how, how do you call yourself a man? And a major league baseball player walks into your fucking dinner party and you have no idea who he is. Well, hang on a second. If would you know if the the catcher of the Mets showed up like it, this is supposed this is not supposed to be the like the most heralded team. He was an all star. He was an all star in Boston before his knees went out. <laughs> I don't know. He's I a well known guy. Curious, I'm more curious about the key parties that Ficus has hosted. What? what <laughs> yeah, I'm interested in that. Yeah, I don't think it was that. Oh, but, you know, never know. Never know. Um, Bob Euchre. Really unheralded as what a national treasure this man is. He was an, he was an he played an incredible role, and I don't think I don't think he acted. Did he? I don't. Did you guys verify? It? Did he improv a lot of that stuff, or was that scripted? Because uh, I thought no, I'd I read along the way he just made shit up, and he was hilarious. Somebody had to he be writing that every shit. Scene. Somebody he had to be was the that best shit. thing in the movie. He he was the funniest guy in the movie. He was the most natural on camera in front of the movie. And I don't know if he had that stuff written for him or he just ad libbed it. But no, whatever it was, it was done perfectly. Yeah, he's really funny. So he got famous because he went on Johnny Carson yeah. and he was like, he he just stole the show. Um, are you talking my, about Harry Doyle or are you talking about um uh what's the name of the the actual guy? Not Bob, Harry Doyle. Bob Euchre. Yeah. Bob Euchre. Bob Euchre went on Johnny Carson. Yeah. yeah, he was he was just known as the funny baseball player who was a bad hitter. Um, but my favorite bit of improv uh, that I read, well, I read it was improv, is Pete Vukovic when he steps up to the plate and he goes, "How's your wife and my kids?" Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty good line. That's really good. Really, you funny. know, watching Vukovic too. That he's probably looking at all these little, you know, drama yeah. geeks yeah. and just come on, man. Yeah. Really, we're gonna have Charlie Sheen do this scene with a softball glove, yeah, which he now, did just in just about every scene. Yeah. Was, now Vukovic was a pitcher, right? Yeah. Yes. He, he played a pretty. He played a, a good power hitting like first baseman, but he could have gotten on the hill as well. Yeah. Yeah. They br- they brought him in to play the Duke, and then they said he actually looks the part of a. Of the clue Haywood. Oh yeah, he's a big dude. He's got well, I mean, he might just be like a regular size dude, but all those little actor guys. No, I think him. I think Vukovic, if memory serves, was actually gigantic. Yeah, I he think looked, he's one of those freaky six seven weirdos. Oh, yeah, he, he won a Cy Young. He was like a legit. He was good. Oh yeah, yeah. he was real. He's a he, he was a real pitcher. 
the, 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 uh, there was a there was a subtle thing with with um, with Doyle too. Like he would just make shit up as if as mm-hmm. if either it was on the radio or on TV. He would just if obviously it was a radio audience because he would just make shit up like the audience would never know. Like from the very first call of the first game, when he says something along the lines of you could. They always say that you could always tell how the season's going to go by the first batter. And then he just completely improvises in a bat that didn't happen from Snipes. Like Snipes had yeah. like a check swing to first. Yeah. And this guy's saying line drive to short or yeah. <laughs> picked up and then thrown to first. But that type of shit, like unless I don't know, unless you're really paying attention, that kind of kind of goes by most over most people's heads. Right. That, but, that was kind of the subtle humor. But Bob Euchre is a play by play guy. Like yeah, he was, yeah, he for plays the Brewers. It, yeah. But I've heard his broadcast. I mean, yeah, he's he's running out of gas. They give him like an inning or two, right? But he he plays it pretty straight. Yeah, he's just like just has a nice voice, but he doesn't go like super goofy. No, what well, you forget because it was the first time that you'd heard this in the movie, but and it's become so overused, it's not funny anymore. But it was legitimately hilarious. The just a bit outside is fantastic. It's great. Yes. It, it is. It is perfect because like Stu was saying, if you're not seeing it and then he says, you know, after ball 12, he says, I don't know how they're laying off pitches this close. <laughs> I know. It's so funny. <laughs> Incredible. It's, it's, it's one of the few times in the movie that's legitimately very, very funny. And he's just ripping. It was great. No, it's just, great. Just it's a bit outside is probably said at least once a night at some point, in every in in, it's true. in major league baseball, yeah. like it's it's been such an like you said an overused term that people forget that it came from this movie. Yeah, and they just assume it's in the lexicon. They just assume it's a, an exaggeration for a pitch that that came th- along the way. Um, at one point they bring they realize that Ricky Vaughn he's he's got ability, but he's he doesn't have great control, and they they bring him in and they ask him to read an eye chart and they determine that he needs glasses and that's going to help him. But let's be honest here. And I think, I think we need to reach out and maybe try to get some help for this guy because Ricky Vaughn can't read. Like that's the issue, right? It's not that he can't see. It's that he's, he's, (laughs) it's illiteracy. He's yeah. He's illiterate. That's the problem. Like he's like Dexter Manley. (laughs) Who couldn't spell my name when right. he signed my autograph right. when I was a kid? Yeah. Ed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He just stared at it. Yeah. He just Your stared. Name at wasn't it. Aloysius. He, yeah. he was signing. He was signing a menu. And he just stared at it, and yeah. I was like, "Ed." Yeah, Ed. Ed, can you sign it to Ed? <laughs> spell Is that for Dexter me. No longer with us. And he's still there. Yeah, he's, he's around. He, he's still around. Every once in a while, he'll just say something like. I just want you to know that Troy Aikman's a pansy. And then they'll be like, uh, you know what, uh, Dexter, we're going to, we're going to cut to commercial here. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Roger Dorn, he doesn't dive for balls. Who was that guy? Who was that outfielder? Garrett Anderson. Similarly would not like go out of his way to make a tough play because he wanted to save it for his at bats. Well, Roger Dorn had the same thing. He wasn't going to dive for one. So they have like a meeting. I think it's a, Oh no. He goes over to his house. Jake Taylor yeah. goes to Dorn's house. He goes to Dorn's like, house. While the wife's like preparing snacks or something. Tea. It's, it's, 
It's yeah. my favorite. My okay. So my favorite scene of the movie, and and by the way, that's a pet peeve of mine. When uh, when coffee and like desserts are made and, and put out on a platter, and then nobody touches it in the movie, like they just and they leave they, before yeah, they, anybody's I, done it. I, I, I hate when that happens. Right, me but too. Anyways, Bugs the shit out of so, me. So so Jake Taylor says. Um, I was concerned uh, with was why you didn't come up with that grounder by Rockert in the ninth. Yeah. And uh, Roger Dorn in the quote of the movie, it was out of my reach. What do you want me to die for? It? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> an, an amazing line. An amazing line. But then, I think that. The, yes. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say Jake Taylor. He says, if you if you do that again, mm-hmm. I'm going to cut your balls off. Yep. And shove them down your throat, which yeah, to me, error. which to me seems like an overly aggressive response to not reaching for alligator arming a grounder. Do you guys agree? Yeah, Jake Taylor's a gamer. He plays yeah. old school. He yeah. plays the right way. Yes. He follows a code. Yes. He does all of those sorts of things <laughs> that would make him completely miserable and awful to watch totally. in real life. Totally. And Doran's like, cut the rah rah shit, Taylor. Yeah, he's <laughs> kind of right. Can, can we just can we just be honest for a second? Yeah, guys that try are the worst. Yes, nothing worse. <laughs> I hate people that try. Guys that try and give you max effort are almost always the Dustin least Pedroia. popular guy on your team. Yes, Justin Pedroia was not well liked. Any guy that's got a Pedroia, dirty when uniform when there's is like not a, well liked. a solid shot into the gap. He'll like lunge as if he were anywhere within 15 feet of the ball. He'll like make it look like, oh, I almost got it. Worst. Worst. The guys that run out their uh, walks. Worst. Just just trying in general. If it doesn't come easy, don't try at all. I remember um, I remember there was the Arcadia uh, basketball team in 1988 was one yes. was one guy in the middle. And then it was made up largely of a bunch of other people that tried a lot. They right. would they would D you up full court. They just got in your shit all the time. You just hated those guys. Yeah. Yes, that's right. <laughs> do you want to do you want to talk about the time that um, Travis was being defended by Stacy Ogman? <laughs> Well, Stacy Ogman and Don, yeah. Don McLean. Yeah. yeah, I had to deal with some guys that were actually pretty good at basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not one of them, right. so I just decided that not trying would be better for my it's, life. Well, it's it's embarrassing. There's nothing worse than well, first of all, trying is horrible. But there's nothing worse <laughs> than trying and then being unsuccessful because then you look, you go, oh fuck, that guy tried, and yeah, he. Yeah, how embarrassing! Going against plastic man, right. You're not going to come out well, looking good. I was the center, and I was six three, and he was the like the off guard, and he was six nine. Yeah. It was not a fair matchup. Yeah. He's, he was a decent athete. Like he did, he, he he did only, okay. In his defense, he only played in the NBA like 26 years, yeah. so it's yeah, not that big of a deal. He's okay. Uh, and I, I just remember the um, again late '80s uh, political correctness not not a priority. I remember uh, a quote from that coach specifically: um, <laughs> "Give them, give them a head fake, just head fake them, yeah, just head fake them." They always fall for that. <laughs> yeah, they'll go for it. Just yeah. hit him with a head fake. Yeah. They'll go for it. I'm like, go for it. He's hundred feet in the <laughs> yes, air. Right. What, now what do you want me He'll to do? He'll just stick out one of his arms. <laughs> like, right. What, what am I supposed nothing to Nothing I can do with this guy that's going <laughs> to result with me getting a basket. There's nothing <laughs> that's going to happen. And so, therefore, I'm not going to try. Uh, I just thought of another pet peeve from this movie. Um, when characters are about to have sex 
and clothing is ripped to shreds. Hate it. Like oh, when when it. he takes his cleats and just rips her her skirt. Yes. Yeah. Come I on, can't buddy. stand that. I mean, I can't stand it. I appreciate that R- Rene Russo is DTF, but like, let's be fucking civilized about it. The fucking guy just finished playing a ball game. He's, his cleats are yeah, all he, muddy. Go take a fucking yeah, shower. He, I'm sure he smells like a Disgusting. hobo spindle. Disgusting. <laughs> that, that's a uh, like that Kansas guy's girlfriend. Right. Canard. <laughs> the the uh, Canard. Ripping the ripping the clothes off is bad, but it's not as bad as... Uh, my a worst pet peeve of mine when they when they like go on the kitchen table and just brush everything off like yeah. bull, if we ever do bull yeah, durham, the milk they just completely crush everything on the table the milk spills off it's like is that really necessary like that's just more work that needs to be done afterwards yes yeah. no it's crazy it's unbelievable um the, let's talk about the final game oh wait hold on first of all roger dorn he gets it in like we see them celebrating and this is, this goes against the code, by the way, we see them celebrating it's on TV. Roger Dorn is hugged up with some floozy. They head out the back door. Roger Dorn's wife has to be happens to be watching on TV. She's stunned. And And his wife, by the way, perfectly nice looking woman, but Roger Dorn would be beautiful. definitely be he's, with he's a bimbo. Beautiful. And I respect Roger Dorn's, Mrs. Dorn's ability to pay him back by going to a bar and picking up his most hated teammate and fucking the shit out of him. That I respect. But how is it possible that Mrs. Roger Dorn is the last person on the planet to know that Roger Dorn likes to get it in on the road. Like, <laughs> this is yeah, like, he oozes that character. Right. Like, who's shocked by this? First of all, his job, ball player. Like, number one. Secondly, look at the guy. Like, he's beautiful. He's He goes for it, of course. So I thought that was a little hard to believe that it, she would a, be surprised by that. It, it's like one of those things that uh, when you buy into that world, when you become the wife of a ball player, there, there has there has to be an understanding. There's there's going to there has to be a, a certain level of forgiveness for your husband getting ass on the road, um, and that's why the whole Tiger Woods thing. I always thought my theory was the reason why she acted so violently wasn't because he cheated on her. I think because he embarrassed her with all the stories about all the all the right. the people that he did have sex with right. and that embarrassed her if he was just like to keep it discreet like the arrangement insists right. she was going yeah. to she was going to eat it for 50 million bucks maybe she was tired of the dead tooth though maybe yeah. she just wanted out that's a good point <laughs> That's a, that's a really. You notice that when he goes through the door with with the woman that he pulled out of the the bar or whatever, that he like gives one of the guys a little head nod, yeah. the little hey, yeah. what's up? And about to get laid. A little fist bump, like yeah, I'm gonna go take care of it. I'm about, it, you it guys have fun with your cocktail. Have fun with your cocktail party. I'm gonna go put it in. Yeah, <laughs> completely unnecessary and awesome simultaneously. I loved it. No, it's great. Um, so we're the the final game, game one sixty three is going on and a couple things we, we need to discuss how this thing ends well harris Brown, yes luke brown's managerial career should be canceled right here totally agree. With his, 
his handling of the pitchers. Totally agree with you. Totally agree. He's Harris pitches pretty well, but he's out of gas. And this happens. A lot of times you'll get a, you'll get a guy like Don Mattingly. This is why Don Mattingly will never manage in the major leagues again. As far as I'm concerned, he's, he is would he just manager right now. It's hard. No one knows for sure. <laughs> yes, he, he is. It. <laughs> he's also, he's also the all, he's also the all time leading. Uh, he's won the most games in, in Marlins history somehow. How's that even possible? Didn't they have Jim, the old guy? He was only oh, there yeah. for a couple of years. Oh no, they had the guy from the Jack McKeon. Yeah. Yeah. Who, no, who's the guy from the pirates? No, Leland. Jim Leland. Leland. Oh, you're thinking Jim Leland. Yeah. He smoked. Yeah. I mean, uh, Dusty Baker, like guys like Dusty Baker, they, they've been known to like ruin their pitchers arms. Like they ruin careers. Uh, for leaving him in too yeah. long, whatever. Uh, Maddenley's best pitcher, maybe the, the best young pitcher in the game, died on his watch. Yeah, that was, <laughs> but he so wasn't in the game. He didn't give him the boat keys and a, a pound of <laughs> yayo. Yeah, he yeah, wasn't actually he wasn't actually playing. <laughs> but a lot of a lot of guys like Don Mattingly, Dusty Baker, they'll just leave their guy out there to fail and. Lou Brown, he does the right thing. Like Eddie Harris already outperformed his ability in this game. He dug deep. He loaded up the baseball quite a bit. And, and that was just it for him. But then yeah, he goes. He, he, he warms them up. He, he calls for the warm up with two outs in the ninth and what? Second and third. Right. I mean, that's when he first calls the bullpen. He goes. He goes to a guy. Apparently, there's only two pitchers on the team because it was between Ricky Vaughn was either going to start. It was it was Ricky Vaughn's turn in the rotation. But instead, he brings him in in a late inning situation to a to pitch to a guy that has exclusively hit home runs off him in the past. He has no at bats against him where he hasn't hit a home run, and they're like, "Let's see how he does against Clue Haywood." Yeah, he was going with his hunch. Yeah, he's like, "I got a hunch." You don't go with the hunch. Tommy Lasorda woulda. You go with you go with the numbers. You don't you don't bring in a guy that's only given up home runs to another guy. That's a fucking bad <laughs> idea. But, but that worked. moment, by it the worked. way, it changed how relievers like are introducing games. Now there's music and. Yeah. Dramatic stuff that never happened. Right, before that's true. This movie. Although and they used, the way, they used that, to drive them in in a car. It's fucking yes. two hundred and forty feet to the mound. You need to be driven. That's it true. Was by weird. the way, yeah. they had a golf cart. They had the cart, obviously, by the the scene earlier, and they didn't use it for Vaughn. That's a really and, good point. They brought him in. But I remember uh, the first time I ever saw the movie uh, was at a Twinplex in Temecula, California. When when that um, wild thing starts. And everyone's fired up. That was like that was like a legitimately like cool moment. Like I, I remember like oh, yeah. goose, goosebumps. That was like a humongous thing. That was cool. It it worked. It it was actually even watching it again. It's like you know what this this works. Everybody's kind of dancing around and all that stuff. Yeah. It's corny, but it it definitely works. And I think one of the things that really kind of sold it and made it feel very, very authentic was that this was supposed to be a Cleveland Indians home game and every woman in the stands was disgusting. Uh, yeah, that's there was a lot of bad perms. There was, it was heavy, heavy. Yes, there was a lot of larger women. Now, here's another question. These two teams finished tied. We're supposed to believe that the Indians had a winning record against the New York Yankees that season because all I saw was Clue Haywood hitting home runs. <laughs> 
one of these days we're going to figure out how to beat these guys. Right. That was what Lou Brown said. And apparently one win was enough to get it done. So what was I know their record at one point was 60 and 60. And right. that's when he like introduced the model. They needed to, to win 32 more the- games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so 92 win season, not too bad. It's not a hundred percent of the time. It's going to win you the division though. Um, so it comes, it's two to two in the bottom of the ninth, right? Yep. Willie Mays Hayes comes up. He fucking legs out an infield single because he's fast. Then he he takes a bat. Jake Taylor's up to bat. And Jake Taylor sucks. He's got no, it's like. The, by, the, by the way, yeah. the, uh, I have to say this. Like, um, those are two automatic outs in any lineup. Of course. Uh, Hayes, Hayes and Taylor. It's the worst two and, hitters on the team. And there, so, uh, again, it speaks to Lou Brown's managing. He puts two automatic outs at the top of the order, and there's somehow they're still playing for the division on the it's last day of the year. Like, stunning. Just start off with two automatic outs. There's no way anyone with those swings should bet first and second for any team in the history of baseball. But that's and what they should. did back then. They yeah. would have the fast guy bat first. Right. Yes. If he couldn't do anything. Yeah. And then yeah. they would have a guy that knows the game right. bat second. Good and contact guy. They, Need right. a contact guy. Got to move him over. Move along, move a guy along. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, gotta move we'll just, him over. We'll just have him move him along. Yeah. In other words, the guy that's never going to be on base will right. move him along right. with a guy who will never get a hit. Tur- Solid some, and and it shouldn't have been tied. Guy. It shouldn't have been tied because Serrano hit the tying home run in the eighth, I guess. Yeah. And he ran with his bat. So that's an automatic <laughs> right. out. Yes. Yeah, he loved his bat. That's Once a, he touched first base, it's over. It's, he swore I, He swore off Joe Boo, and then he touched one up. And the thing is, he can't hit the curveball, but J- – you got to assume that Serrano is the the back upon which the team was carried for the whole season to have that yeah. comeback season. I didn't see anybody else in that lineup that it was that was hitting it over the fence. Nope. No. He had to be the guy. So I want to also point out this might have been the last time we saw pony cleats. Willie Mays. Yeah, those are sweet. Those are those Not are sweet. Larry Holmes was going to get an app at. Yeah, no, those right. are sweet. I like those. So. Hayes gets on, he legs one out, and then he steals second, right? He looked, both, both, instant replay exists in 1989. I feel like we're, t- we're having a different conversation right now. But then Jake Taylor does something. He's like, he's playing some psych out shit. He, ca- he does the, I'm going to call my shot thing. Right. What's, how many home runs do you think? Jake Taylor hit that season. I'm going to say it's for sure single Great. digits, right? It's like, it's like well, he, six or he's under like Rich Gedman. That's yeah. what I was thinking. He's yeah. like that. Yeah. What should have been, what should have happened was they should have, when he called his shot, they should have done a reaction shot of everybody laughing out loud, like falling <laughs> over laughing yeah. when they saw him point. It's insane. And then the next pitch, they fuck the Duke temple brushes <laughs> him back. Music. How do you fucking not lean into that one? You're not like a fuck. You're not like going to hit a double, you know, like <laughs> you take that one off the shoulder. That's a gift. Get and that, it? That, that, that's another point, by the way, uh, Jake Taylor, remember players in the eighties, the, the, the older players that were like grandfathered in, they didn't wear the ear flaps cause they were yeah. too cool. Like yeah. they, if you came up not wearing them, then you were, you weren't cool. And you were, you were too cool to do it. He was wearing the no ear flaps. Yeah. So that w- that would have made some major damage just because the guy was too stubborn to wear an ear flapped helmet. Um, yeah, I, I totally agree with you on that. Then, so he's, he, he does a psych out move, right? He calls his shot. 
but then he fucking tricks him. But what happened here? CB Eager, technical advisor to the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you don't. You hey, don't. He's 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 gonna bunt on the last scene. Why don't we show Tom Berenger how to bunt? Exactly. <laughs> so first of all, they 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 like execute they execute yes. a suicide squeeze with a runner on second base, <laughs> and then he fucking is supposed to be bunting. He is. It's a with two out. It's a swing. It's a swinging bunt. He that ball is fucking bounced to the shortstop. The shortstop scoops it up and throws him out by sixty feet. No, and 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 they show him. uh, They show the third baseman who I guess had shit. Yeah, he had to get way back because he called a shot because he's calling a shot. So I need to get way back and give him as much coverage as possible. But like the uh, the squeeze play with two outs is it's just a stupid ass call. It doesn't make any sense. And I think they did it for this reason. Again, you're kind of placating to the women audience, right? I think they did a scene like this in Platoon where they just show the guy running for his life right. and he's got all of his muscles and yeah. veiny and everything else. Like he's running for his life in Platoon. That makes sense. But I think they did this scene so they could show him running that 90 feet like he's about to lose his life well, like in Platoon. Yeah, because like he's, that, he's got bad knees It's because yes. he's calm depleted. His knees have yeah. gone bad because he dehydrated from coming too much when he was in Boston and the Mexican <laughs> League. <laughs> I just it's like just, it's just good science watch, watching him run like I, you just never see people in real life give that much like effort and like a look on his yeah. face like it's 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 do or die like it was just so ridiculous. But I think they they had to do this scene so that they could show that to the ladies. But he yes, I agree. He he legs it out for a bunt single. And we're supposed to believe I don't care if fucking Willie Mays Hayes is Carl Lewis. He's we're supposed to believe he scored from second base on a I'm, fucking I, infield bunt. Well, well Clue Haywood bitches to the ump while he turns. Right. right. And that's what and that's what you kind of like. That's what you just I think that part is maybe the most believable part of the play, because, yeah, you're just you're not thinking that you're thinking bang, bang. It, you're not really everyone's just kind of like a little off by the bunt no. to begin with. And, and Willie Mays got a jump start, right? He started. He's like starting he to steal third. third. Right. Still. I think no. that's the most believable. No. I, I want to point out yeah. also that uh, it's October, right? And Behringer is sweating like a whore in church. Right now. <laughs> of course. It's probably That's okay. 40 degrees. It's, it's spray tan or yeah. whatever the hell they use he's, to make him look sweaty. He's gorgeous. He's probably sweating because it's been 18 minutes since he last ejaculated and he's start he's losing fluids again where he's like, oh my God, I need to come again quickly to regain my power. But, but the, the, again, if you're talking about the, the levels of believability of this last point, the Willie Mays thing to me, that, that that's not a big thing. The part where the batter is giving a sign to a manager of what he's going to do right. in front of all the cameras. Insane. This is what I'm going to do. And then Lou Brown's only reaction is, oh, what, what do you say? That's a hell of an idea. Right, right. Insane. No, it's actually, it's actually insane. I, I assume they were swept out. This was this was uh, back in the day where you just went directly to the championship series. There was no extra round of playoffs. I don't think back then. 
Were well, I think Major League Two yeah. indicates that they got swept after that. Right. Of course, they, they would have got swept. Absolutely. You would have to have seen Major League Two to know that for sure. And I don't think anybody actually did. <laughs> I so. do. I recall what Jay Stu brought up the Japanese, the very racist portrayal of the Japanese guy. And I recall that. So I, mu- I must have seen it at some point. Well, you saw you remember we did the um, You Can't Buy Me Love um, podcast. Mm-hmm. Yep. The the huge jock with the huge dick in that movie. What do they call him? Big or small yeah. or something? Big John. Yeah, Big John. Yeah, big, big John. He, big his, John. he farts name. a lot. Yeah. It, it, he's big he's big got John, gastrointestinal big, issues. He plays a catcher that can't get the ball back to the pitcher in Major League Two. Oh, play, like they, Mackie they, Sasser. They Sasser. Yeah. yeah. They play every game with a catcher that can't throw the ball to the pitcher. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Mackie Sasser was a backup. He probably would have seen more time. I mean, he was he was backing up Gary Carter. Do you think... Mackie Sasser was like, he couldn't throw the ball back to the pitcher because the, he would see out of the corner of his eye the sheen from Gary Carter's perm. <laughs> the oiliness. Right? And he'd be like, oh, fuck. And like every time he'd be like, he'd be like, OK, I'm going to throw it back to the pitcher. And he'd catch it and he'd stand up and he'd be like, don't look at Gary Carter's perm in the dark. Ah, fuck. And then he's looking over at Gary <laughs> Carter's perm again. Um. We got to talk about the number 99. Ricky Vaughn, he wears 99. And I got to be honest, I'm I'm torn here because 99 is one of those numbers that probably out of respect, it doesn't need to be like written down. It doesn't need to be an actual rule, but it's one of those numbers that should probably be retired across all sports. But see, seeing as how it isn't. It's one of the fucking most badass numbers you can choose. Like ninety nine, you're coming out of the fucking bullpen, rocking ninety nine. You are a bad motherfucker. What are your guys' thoughts? It means you barely made the team out of spring training, and they didn't want to give you a real number because you weren't going to stick around. Well, that's like seventy four. It's not. (laughs) Yeah, ninety nine. You're choosing that. I think Aaron Judge is ninety nine. Is he? He is, yeah. Oh, interesting. Well, is. then now I hate it. Fuck 99. <laughs> fuck, fuck Aaron Judge. Fuck anything to do with the Yankees. Fuck all that. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked because obviously we've seen it so many times over and over on softball fields all over the country. I'm shocked that no lazy writer on this comedy team uh, had somebody was 69. Like that's such an empty netter yeah. thing to do. Yeah. Like you just do it because it's corny and stupid. Right. And nobody thought to do that, which right. is weird. Yeah. That was, it, the, that was I, more for necessary roughness kind of movie. Right. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> Sinbad. Sinbad might've been number 69 in that movie. I think he was. Was, was this, one of the did, all-time greats. did Sinbad do that before or after the genie movie Shazam, Shazam. that he's well known for? That must've been after. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Is there anything else we need to talk about? Uh, Chaz uh, I would Sheen. Like to point out, yeah. I would like to point out, has anyone, going back to the song at the beginning, has anyone made more money off of less talent than Randy Newman? Oh, yeah. He's, <laughs> Jesus. He's, he'll, he'll do a soundtrack. He, he will do a soundtrack for fucking anything, and for every movie, and he's terrible. What, what did he do before this movie? Because I remember he did this movie, and it was like, for some reason, other than I Love L.A., it was the only thing I remember him ever doing until this movie. And then he did the Toy Story movies and then made a boatload of money. Cars. Like, oh, no, he, he does all the Pixar Yeah, he does now. all the Pixar. All of them. 
Okay, but up to now, up to this movie, was he famous for anything other than I Love L.A.? Short People? That was the other Yeah, he, song, right? he had a big career in the 70s. Um, what about, really bad. for that really matter... Bad. I want to go back to what Ed was talking about, the opening with the Randy Newman song, but they actually, one of the things that was very realistic is they made Cleveland look as unlivable as it actually is <laughs> yeah. in those opening sequences. That's a really sequences. good point. That's a really, really good point. What, <laughs> t- speaking of songs, though, has anybody made more of a fucking life out of a bigger piece of shit than the Trogs wild thing. <laughs> How many times has wild thing been re fucking packaged and repurposed yeah. and Sam shoved down our fucking throat for all these years. And I'll, there's only one song that one ups that. And of course that's the mamas and papas. California Dreamin', which is oh, no. gets shoved is into my fucking asshole every fucking day of my life. It's the Lin-Manuel Miranda of songs. Why am I constantly <laughs> yeah. being bombarded with California Dreamin' this late into my life? And I've, I've heard, I remember somebody telling me along the way, a good friend of mine uh, who played music, um, he said that Wild Thing is like, and I don't know if either, either of you guys could testify to this, but like, um, it's the simplest, yeah. like, I think it's like two chords yep. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, it took little or no skill to make the song. Right. I guess making a catchy song is, is, you know, whatever, but like, it's the most simplest thing out there, I yes. guess, to yeah. perform. And we're stuck just with like it. Learning guitar. We're stuck with it. <laughs> F guys, F Mary kill. Jay Stu, we'll start with you. F Mary kill. Wild thing. California dreaming. Lin Manuel Miranda. What are your choices? <laughs> F what, Mary Kill. Question? F Mary Kill. Who, fuck oh, okay. Mary Kill. Are you uh, not familiar with the game? No, I, th- I thought F Mary Kill was the Shh. name of the person that did the Star Spangled Banner. Definitely. And this is my uh, mistake as a host and producer. Yeah. Never start yeah. with Jay Stu. That's like in the fucking book. It's like it's ne- it's like never say the F word into a hot mic or all mics are hot mics. Never start the game with Jay Stu. I should have known better. Jay Stu, F Mary Kill. It's already fucking tired. Wild Thing. California Dreaming or Lynn manuel Miranda. So kill, um, kill wild thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think I fuck, um, Hamilton. I'm a, I'm a really? big fan of Hamilton. Oh my I've, God. I've, I've of been watching it a lot. No, you haven't. Yeah. Ever you're since just saying, you're saying Disney this, Plus. you're saying this cause your beautiful girlfriend Chrissy is listening right now. That is the only reason you're saying these lies she on my it. podcast. Of course she, she loves, loves it. it. She's a chick. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, Chicks it's love tons really of good. horrible things. But, uh, and then, and then, uh, what California living dreaming California loving dreaming you're gonna Um, kill the other one oh you're gonna whatever the other okay okay um anything else what else guys Travis Rogers you probably have lots of thoughts you've probably seen this movie many times you played the game Travis Rogers played the game um yeah a little bit did he play it the right way though Oh, I have I have one. Here's no, he did I not play it the right. No, I did not play it the right. I was a very very selfish player, right. and I take great pride in right. that. I'm if you happy if you I'm made an it. if you made an error behind Travis, he'd look at you. Yeah, well, that, look, <laughs> I did my job. Right. You do yours. Right. Let's just keep it going right. and, and, and do that. Here, here's one thing I want to know. They never really established why Ricky Vaughn was a criminal. They said he stole a car. Did they put you in prison for that? No, no, definitely no. not, and not and, not and with that skin tone. A, a, 
a mildly goofy haircut and all he's this bad boy right because he he stole a car and has a bad haircut i, I mean this isn't ray lewis yeah i had a car stolen in college and went to the to court they asked me to like go and just to like tell the judge no he didn't have my permission to take the car some bullshit like that and then i was like so what happens and the guy's like the the prosecutor was like Nothing. If we put everyone in jail who stole a car, we'd run out of exactly. space by yeah. Tuesday. Absolutely. That that's that's my. I yeah. just don't know why he was considered a bad guy, a, a, a bad boy, and he stole a car and has bracelets and a haircut. Right. That's okay. a that's a really good point. Um, Jay Stu, anything to add? Jay Stu, really glad you could join us today. Kind of got our signals crossed. You were yeah. I, I forgot to uh, tell the story of Brian. Oh, what's why don't you tell why don't you tell the story of Brian? Big ass dick. Start there. Um, and I think Travis could, and Brian could relate to this. Sexy. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. So so Brian hits me with a a text message that says uh, on Sunday we're doing major league. I think we're going to be doing major league, and I said that'd be fun. And he said he wrote this. I will let you know. That was the last thing he wrote to me. Hold on. Hold on. That's true, except you're leaving out. I was very specific. I said, are you available to do Major League Tuesday night at five o'clock? No. Yes. And it's no, it says that it says that. No, not even close. So. um, So anyways, uh, at 421, uh, Brian sends me a text message today. It says, all right, you ready to go or yeah. speed at five o'clock? Mm-hmm. He gave me he gave me thirty nine minutes of heads up. Yeah, that's that on you, Jason. Podcast was, no, and then I yeah, texted no, you no, Saturday. Speed at five o'clock. Yeah, I said speed at five. Yeah, yeah. so that's um, pretty great. So I said so when you told me that you would let me know, you were referring to a four twenty one text message yeah. that said, "Are you are you ready?" Just do and you? And they said yes. Yeah. Yes. And then I said, "I mean, I I don't expect a lot. I know podcasts by." just by definition are kind of like the wild west. You don't really, you're not supposed to, uh, to live by the normal mm-hmm. rules because it's, you know, it's, 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 it's that edgy and cool, but like a modicum of professionalism is what right. I would expect. Right. Like, like yesterday, just a quick text saying, Hey man, everything's good to go tomorrow. Just want to make sure you're good. Like nothing like that. Just a four twenty one text message for something that's going to happen in 39 minutes. Jay Stu, that's then, on you. And then, that's on you. And then, you could have reached yeah. out. You could have reached out. And then, and then he pulls what he's doing now. When, when, I, when I gave him a little bit of grief about it, like respect my time a little bit, he's like, you should have sent me a text message. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's my, how we communicate. My, my thing is your text on Sunday wasn't like, all right, uh, check in with me tomorrow to make sure we're good. It was, I will let you know. Jay Stu. You, I saw recently, you celebrated on Instagram your radio broadcasting career, 25 years in the business, something along those lines, starting out as an editor at a TV station in Sacramento. Jason's Beef. Jason's Beefs. (laughs) Really, go on YouTube right now and type in Jason's Beefs. You will not be disappointed. Watch the ends of bread. Who likes those? Yeah, who likes those? And I, you know what? I'm with Jason on the ends of bread, by the way. Oh, I love the ends of the no, bread. No, fuck. What? Get the fuck out of yeah. here. Throw, I, yeah. You know what I do? I buy, I buy a loaf of bread. I immediately throw the ends away. No, no, no. no. They, they serve no. two purposes. No, they Number, they serve zero one. purposes. 
No, they serve two distinct purposes. Number one is they cover up the other sides of the both ends of the loaf, so they don't that's get true. stale. They, they no, keep that's that true. part out, so that, that 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 crusty exterior keeps the interior bread moist for a longer period of moist. time. And then this, and then the second part of it is they are by far the best piece of the loaf to make toast from oh, because you, it can carry the no, most butter. No, no, fuck the ends of bread. That's insane. I I agree with Jason's beef. Jason, I saw you were celebrating your career in radio and you posted a collage of pictures of the people that you worked with. The uber famous Kyle Brandt was there, the radio hall of famer, and really probably the best ever to do it in the sports game. Jim Rome of course was there. Even little Alvy Deloro was amongst your collage of pictures. One person I noticed that was omitted, and he's he's a radio heavyweight. He's been around the no, block. No, no. And You're he, wrong. Victor Victor Brick was there. Now he's somebody you worked with for a great many years. Travis Rogers, talk about your decision to deliberately omit Travis Rogers from your celebration of yourself and your radio career wow. on Instagram. This is, this is heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the I guess the most tangible excuse is this. Uh, Travis and I stopped working together in 2008 prior to Facebook, right? Right. So we stopped working on a show together. And I will say this, I've made this comment to myself many times since then. We did not take the time to take selfies oh, right. or Jim wasn't a guy that was just like, Hey, everyone get in here and let's take a group picture in the studio. You're he wasn't tr- one of those. Guys. Right. You're going to say I, a picture doesn't exist. I don't, of you two. I don't mm-hmm. have a picture of Travis and me doing radio. It's, it's the, it is, it wow. is. It's, it's my fault. I should have thought about it. One of those 10 so, to 12 years. All those but, times, the, the, the times that you guys were both on the Atkins diet together and you guys, <laughs> you guys would go to Shakey's in Pizza Hut, you know, Pizza Hut in Sherman Oaks and you'd hit the Mojo potatoes. Man eyes. Uh, uh, Wait, not, not Mojo potatoes because you guys were Atkins. You right. guys, you guys would go and you would just get fucking piles of pizza and you would just eat the cheese <laughs> And pepperoni, and I imagine sausage yeah. off the tops of those, those pizzas. Two best choices. Then a little veggie on every once in a while to yep. keep you. Yes. Keep it, keep it straight. Keep you regular. It never occurred to you, hey, maybe we get out our flip phones because it's only 2008. No, no, <laughs> that was way before 2008. And like I'm saying, yeah. like I, I would challenge Travis right now to th- try to think of one radio picture we ever took. Like the three of us. Yes. We, we worked in the same studio for a long time, yeah. and we don't have a picture of the three yes. of us. And the only picture I do have of Travis is at uh, is at Deloro's wedding, right. Alvin Deloro's wedding. Little Alvy. And it, yeah, just a bunch with the, with all the wives and girlfriends. So but, your uh, no, your I, answer is a picture. I would have loved to celebrate my close friend and yeah. compadre. Travis Rogers in a picture, but one doesn't exist. I believe Travis got his 11 second goodbye in 2009. If That's I'm right. not mistaken. Okay. It was actually 2009 that you guys were together. Okay. I just, I just wondered when I saw that. Um, anybody, anything else to add? Anybody? I'm going to sign off. Uh, Bob Feller really didn't appreciate the language in this movie. <laughs> what? But, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. There were, was this, was this R rated? Cause there was no um, was. breasts. Yeah. I mean, there was, there was a lot of language. Well, well, well and, and they went with the big one too, right at the end when Dorn comes in from third base. Yes, motherfucker, way, get third, that motherfucker the third out. Baseman doesn't get to rub up the baseball. That's just not something. No, you're not allowed to hand the guy the ball. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, you 
said it, Bri. He says, "Strike this motherfucker out!" Yeah. Like, yeah. like even, like even now, it's like, geez, yes, that is well, now, pretty aggressive. If you're if you're gonna go for the R by throwing all the motherfuckers in there, and I'm gonna cut your nuts off and shove them down your throat, how about you give me one set of breasts to look at? Or a that butt. Was typically pretty standard for an 80s movie, right. too. I need, well, I need owner, a butt. The owner had breasts, right? The owner had her yeah, she had pasties on. She had pasties on. And also, we were sleeping on the owner, Rachel Phelps, in 1989. I was, I, I mean, I just didn't even realize. That was uh, that was but, something there. But just just one, like, uh, last note on, on the context here. Uh, this movie is going to get more and more outdated. And not necessarily in time, but in just like, how did they ever think they can get away with that? Chief Wahoo, I think, is off of all of the Indians paraphernalia. That's been the case yes. for a while now. The Indians are gone away. The right. actual nickname, the Indians. Yes. yes. I, ju- I just think it's not get going political to, here, Jason. It's going to be humorous. Oh like in 10 yeah. years mm-hmm. when your grandchildren are watching this and they're going to be like, Grandpa, why do they have that ridiculous caricature of an Indian on yeah. an actual pro baseball team's hat? Yeah. And then you're going to have to explain it to them. And it'll be kind of funny. Do you, uh, and also kids are going to be like, Hey, um, what did that guy do at the end of the game where he just <laughs> held his bat out straight when the ball came? I thought he was a baseball player. And you'd be like, yeah, son, grandson um here's the thing back in the day they used to think it was a good idea to just nub the fucking baseball out so it was very easy for anyone that was close to it to to pick up and throw you out at first base so that another guy could maybe move on to the next base and people are going to be like what the fuck that's fucking stupid and you'll be like oh yeah they did that for 100 years and then one of the smarter one of your smarter grandkids will probably be like yeah i mean we just learned that Christianity was a big religion in Cuba. Right. It's, it's very stereotypical <laughs> yes. for, for them to say that Cubans were only into voodoo. Voodoo, yes. Also. Uh, okay. Outstanding job. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we could get together and do this. Really fun. It's always good to have my dear friend Travis, my dear friend and Bachelor Lifestyle co-host, host Jason Stewart, and, of course, always here, Mr. Ed Daly. For those gentlemen, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode number 335 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We'll see you next week. Yes, the lifestyle's baller podcast getting bigger and not smaller. Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do. With Easy Ed Daily and a man, Jay Stew and Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week in sports and culture and whatever. And others, my brothers, reviewing some movies and shows and others. Top podcast, man, no one is above us. Five star, even the haters will love us. And we're not trying to talk politics a lot. We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot. Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top. Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is so flawless. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. Listen up, you players and shot callers. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. And you know the show is for all us. TBLS, the lifestyle's baller. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.